I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. G'day everyone. It is the afternoon, the PM here, Eastern on Ausbiz. Great to have you company live from our Brangaroo studios for the call. In the next uh, 60 minutes, we're going to analyse 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. Let's bring them in today. Uh, Mark Morland from Team Invest. Mark, good to see you. Great to be here. And Philip Pepe from uh, Shore Partners. Philip, good to see you. Good to see you. The raging bull, as uh, Nathan Thomas and Darren calls him. I always lock horns on it. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, the five stocks we're going to run through this half hour. Felix Resources, Lumos, MA Financial, Yankol, and the Van Eck Wide <coughs> Moat ETF. It's a mouthful, is it? Uh, stock of the day. I thought we'd take a look at... Um, what do they, what do they call it? Death care, uh, invocare, the uh, big funeral directors, cremation people, uh, under takeover offer, mergers and acquisition uh, play there with TPG Capital, one of the uh, private equity groups. Um, they've been, T- TPG granted another extension on its proposed $13 a share bid for invocare. The uh, Proposed bidder's exclusivity period will now end on July 17. The May offer, offer way back in May, uh, came after TPG walked away from its previous $12.65 cash per share bid in late April. So, um, hmm, our alarm bell's ringing. Could they walk away? Or if you're an InvoCare shareholder, what should you be doing, Philip? There's a phrase in my industry called time kills all deals. Right. And, and you don't love an extension. Uh, and I'm not overly familiar with the transaction, but based on what's been released today, there's been no suggestion in the offer price will be upped. It's just more confirmation of what's public. And what's public is a $13 per share takeover offer. Share price is $12.50, $12.60, that, that sort of range. Um, if it goes ahead, you still have to wait a few weeks to get your money. Uh, I would take the money and run. It seems like there's limited upside from $13. Maybe get a franc dividend in there somewhere. Um, but I would just <coughs> say uh, it's taking too long. Uh, put the money into something else. It's had a good bounce off its lows. Yeah. I would sell and um, let somebody else worry about it in the next seven days. Yeah, yeah, because it has a good bounce. You saw where the t- <laughs> that, that spike upwards um, towards the right of the, the chart there. That's when the bid was made. So it's... Been around a while. Uh, sell, take your money and run. Mark Morland, what would you do? Uh, I'd definitely sell now. Yep. Uh, it's too close to the number, and I totally agree. There's obviously there's a chance that it go, falls through. Yeah. If you actually look at it, uh, the company Invocare ha- was going well in 2017, and since then it's been pretty well downhill in a zigzag pattern. But their earnings have dropped for the over the over the last five years very significantly, which means... Now, now COVID would have hurt that because it's it's Australia's biggest 
they call it death care company or something, don't they? So yeah. it's cremations, funerals, yeah, funerals. It's insurance all as well. It's, it's, it's prepaid funerals as well. Yeah. yeah it's funny yeah. thing about the uh, but you couldn't the, go the, to funerals the undertakers. You know, they're considered to be all dowed and serious. I yeah. remember when I was young, I went to uh, uh, a, they had a big conference. And it was a, like the undertakers' ball. It was oh. the wildest party I've ever been to. <laughs> It was full on. I you mean, need, so, so they're going to be so serious. They're going to be so serious that yes. when they let their hair down, they really let their right. hair down. <laughs> well, the, the original CEO of the company, when they had their first downgrade, because um, they missed volumes, they said, "Look, um, volumes were down. There's nothing legal we can do about that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but before COVID. They were yeah. already, if you look at the earnings, remember we're already focused on earnings now. rather than, um, yep. all, let's say, okay, look at earnings. Um, earnings in 2017 were um, uh, 56 cents uh, a share. Then in 2019, they were 43. And then 2020, 13. Now, okay, let's blame that on COVID. Yep. Then it jumped back to, uh, post COVID on 21, dropped back to uh, uh, 32 cents. So still way under what it was, and right. then dropped off again. You know, right. since then, right. so that's not good. Right. You know, so nothing in that. Now this is a big business. It's quite capital intensive. They spend about sixty-three million a year on uh, average on uh, capex, which yeah. is a lot out of the uh, free cash well, flow. Because uh, they tried to. Um, I remember reading a report. They tried to convert their funeral homes. Uh, into licensed premises because the trend yeah. was rather than have sandwiches at a funeral, it, yeah, the wake, wake became of course. a massive party. party and celebration. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a reasonable idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the debt to equity is very high. You know, it's at uh, well seventy percent debt to equity. I think they've got two hundred three hundred and sixty-two million in long-term debt. Right now, that you've got to remember, we're in an environment now where interest rates have not just gone up. You know, we've had the biggest rise, fastest biggest rise in history. And we don't know where it's going to end. And as that debt rolls over, and I have no idea what the uh, what their uh, uh, terms are, that increases costs significantly. So companies yeah. that have a lot of debt, it's going to be a real drag going forward on their on their earnings as well. So I think TPG are paying a very high price for it. It's about a twenty eight PE, uh-huh. which is and their, their earnings are negative. Right. So we're showing it, we're showing it um, a returning negative twenty nine percent a year if they continue doing what they're doing. Oh, now, as I said, we'd have to give them a bit of a uh, get a jail free card on, on COVID, but overall it's expensive, which means, uh, and the prospects are okay. questionable. So I would take my money take and take your money and run. Absolutely. And good luck to TPG. But see, TPG would probably be assuming they're going to come in and re engineer it all and make the assets work harder. They obviously believe they can make it work, which is what private equity does. And good luck to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Take your money and run. Uh, let's get into the stocks that you want us to cover today. John is first up with Phoenix Resources. Now, uh, John says, uh, I regarded as a successful, efficiently run, profitable company whose prices stagnated until recently. They bought and now own a trucking company that delivers their ore from mine to wharf. As of their last report, March 23, this is from John, they had 69 million in cash. For the last two years, they've paid about five and a quarter cents dividend a year. May sound very little, but it's about an 18% yield on the 28 cent current share price. Its P is only three. The only negative I can see is that it's very thinly traded. Is Felix too good to be true, Philip? I'll give you a second negative. That's the iron ore price. 
Um, if it's it, still it, above 100 bucks. If you believe analyst forecasts, it's heading to 80 to 90 US. Right. And the China data yesterday on inflation spooked some people. Yeah, it was negative. Yeah, so no inflation, China slowing. The theory says that they won't buy as much of our iron ore as we first thought. Right. But I'm not a commodities analyst. So if there's a view that the iron ore price does head south to, let's say, 80 bucks US a tonne from current 100, that's a 20% downgrade. Ex-colleague of mine used to say, commodity stocks follow commodity prices. Yep. That's a major, major uh, headwind heading their way. So I, I would be cautious because, a, first and foremost, follow the commodity price, and that's heading downwards. People smarter than me predicting 80 to 90 bucks versus current 100, 110. If that happens, it's going to fall. Um, right. Operating leverage. It's got material operating leverage. It's taking costs out. It, it, um, it made an acquisition. It, it's a producer, so it's profitable. It's saving five bucks a tonne. Um, or targeting five bucks a ton in cash cost reductions, which is the right thing to do. Play the commodity at the moment, it's heading south. So, but, I, I would but be this cautious. is uh, while all the other iron ore producers were heading north with the iron ore price, this really didn't move. Yeah, liquidity. So what, what we're seeing at the moment in general is, um, particularly from international players, there's a flight to liquidity. So if, you, right. if you're if you bullish iron ore, you buy Fortescue before, before you buy anything else. Right. By the time you get to a company this size, it's really just Australian investors, maybe some speculators would have a look at a company this small. If you're a larger fund or a larger player, if you want to play Aussie iron ore, you always start with Fortescue, yeah. and that's why that moves first um, in either direction. Okay. So this has two disadvantages. The potential headwinds from iron ore going to 80... So I would wait to see if the iron ore price gets to 80 bucks and we'll find yeah. out in the next three months and then I'd have a look at the moment. Uh, it's cheap for a reason, more so the macro headwinds right. rather than the fundamentals, I'd so say. So not for you? Not for me right now, no. Yeah. Mark? Well, obviously not for Team Invest. Right. But having said that, <laughs> it's 174 mil market cap, so this is right. a tiny company. Yep. And the other problem with it, going on what the um, the viewer said, you know, isn't this a screaming bargain? I would say yes if the iron ore price stays up then it is a screaming bargain, and we don't know. I have no idea. Um, uh, I've, yeah. I've told you my story about my Glencore friend who's uh, on the board of Glencore. Yeah. The name won't be shared. Right. Glencore is the biggest commodity trading company in the world. They can never pick it. He says they usually get it wrong. Right. So okay. they come up with all their anal- analysis and go, we think this. It's usually the opposite, he said. Right. He said okay. they, laugh at, they, they laugh about it. Right. That's about okay. how, much, how easy it oh, is God, or how good. feasible it is to really predict these things. Right. So I have no idea either. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. and, I, and I suspect there's headwinds on iron. Right. So it's probably going to come off. But that's probably in the price. Because the, the thing is, their earnings jumped up one year. So they've literally gone from nothing to uh, negative to 10 cents in 20 to 21. And then it's sort of a bit flat over there. Then Which eight is cents. when? Iron ore prices that, were. Well, no, it's the when road. they came into production, I think. It's when uh, they, yeah, they started producing the volume or whatever. I don't know the detail of the company, right. but it was a combination of the amount of ore shipped uh, right. and, the, and the decent price. So it's gone straight up. Right. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but of course, this is not, one year doesn't make a, yeah. History does it, yeah, yeah. You know, so now assuming they don't have any um, problems on the ground in the mines and so on, they can keep producing, and uh, they've got buyers for it. And I have no idea about that either. Yeah, then it's very cheap, right? Um, and then the price, even if it comes down to eighty, they'll probably be still fine. But I don't know, right? Um, so, so too too much. But if you if you're yeah. going to be a speculative investor, something like this is a better spec thing than some ones that make no money and just have a story, right. which is what a lot of the other ones we have today are. Right, okay. This is at least, you know, there's a reasonable risk reward there. It's got a 54% return on equity, which is fantastic at the moment. 
from nothing that I remember. So it's right. gone boom, and now it's up there. Okay. Will it stay there? Producer. If it stays there, it's mm. a screaming bargain. So do we know what it digs the ore out for? Is it a low-cost producer or a high-cost producer? I wouldn't say it's the lowest. they make, make money at 80 bucks? Off the top of my head, I don't know. Right. Um, you would say it doesn't have the scale of a Fortescue. Right. Uh, it's in the right region, though, at least yeah. it's WA-based. Um, I, I would still suggest, even if it does, the the delta on the profits is large. Yeah. So okay. a 20% move in, um, in iron ore, it's just going to push its profits down by more than 20%. Okay. Oh, Maybe. yeah. Yeah, All right. so, yeah a lot more. Okay. They don't mention their cost in the Morningstar report, which that to me says they're not, it's not low cost. Right. And usually to be low, you need, capa- you need volume. Yeah. You can't be yeah, a little yeah. player and have a low cost, unless, yeah, yeah. unless, you, unless it's really, really good yep. uh, and cheap to uh, mine. cost. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's take a look at our next stock. Uh, Mark Richard wants a view on Lumos. Richard said, could you see if the, uh, the panel could provide their take on the company? Uh, it's related to Atomo. Uh, just received FDA approval for their <coughs> product, which is a diagnostic test for healthcare professionals. Um, Mark? Uh, 18 million market cap. Uh, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18. Okay. Um, doesn't, obviously never made any money. So yeah. the, I read the story and the story sounds good, but there's no way for me to be able to have any view on that, of, of what they have to say, like they've got COVID tests and so on. Well, COVID tests, I don't know, is there yeah. a big market for COVID testing now? And I mentioned there's plenty of stock. Yeah, yeah. So I doubt if that's very exciting. <laughs> that would have looked good in 220. They've got other tests because they test three types of, um, uh, whether it's a, a, a virus or a um, germ type thing. They've right. got, so they've got, but I don't, <coughs> what the market is for that, who knows? Yeah. Uh, getting approval means you can now sell it. Yep. But then how well they sell it and whether they can make money and all that, who knows? So it's a this fits very much in that speculative category. It hasn't been listed for long. No, and it's got two, at, one year, really. Look at that chart. Two years. Two years. Sort of launched with great fanfare and a great story during COVID yep. uh, with diagnostic testing. Um, now that COVID's become, well, everyone thinks it's a bit of a yawn, but there's still plenty of people dying from <laughs> From it, even here in Australia at the moment, apparently. Life's too busy now to worry yeah, about Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, down to seven cents. Philip, what do you reckon? Look, diagnostics are an interesting space. Um, they, they're in the acute bacterial respiratory infections diagnostic. So the theory is you catch it, you catch whatever you have early, you catch it at, at the premises, it's easier to cure, more uh, greater um, chance of recovery. It was already approved in um, Australia, UK, Europe and Brazil. Uh, it recently got FDA approval, which is the biggest market. That, that's what's yep. excited investors. I've seen a lot of these companies come through my door in diagnosing different things. And it can take a long time, A, to get approval, and even longer to actually get meaningful sales and get profitability. And often opportunities like this where um, the share market gets excited about an announcement, um, analysts and investors underestimate how long it takes to sell the profit, to, to sell the product and get to profitability. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's a market cap is very speculative. You've had a good bounce. If you plot the share price chart, investors are obviously getting bored due to the lack of news. I would take my money and run on this one, okay, and so um, sell. I, I would sell because okay. uh, you just you just don't know um, how long yep. it'll take to actually get proper sales and actual profitability. And yeah, they've got FDA approval. Now sell it, market it, make it profitable. Um, 
Okay. It could take up quite a while. All right. Uh, next talk, uh, Matt wants a view on MA Financial, um, previously known as Molus. Uh, Matt wants to know whether it's worth holding for the next decade. Is the market underestimating their mortgage tech business and the amount of mortgages they will gobble up? Uh, Philip, what do you reckon about MA Financial? That's run by the president of the Sydney Swans. As a Collingwood supporter, that should not influence uh, your analysis whatsoever. Can I, I'll have to change my, my price target. <laughs> this is not Port Adelaide. Um, <laughs> Look, I'm going to call it a buy because uh, 10 years, yeah, it's probably a good bottom draw. So you should definitely think at least three years uh, for a funds management business. Uh, they, they've grown. They're at over $8 billion in funds under management now. Um, and I think their, uh, their mortgage book is uh, well over 100 mil uh, and growing. So the theory is that with the banks in particular now um, getting a lot more picky with who they're lending to for very yeah. good reasons, it sort of opens the door a little bit for some of the other players to say, okay, maybe without um, underpricing or pricing too aggressively to take some of that market share, because there's still demand for mortgages. Um, mm. And there's strong demand for refinancing as this mortgage cliff rolls off. Those yep. people want to refinance, and if they can't refinance with the big four, if that's who they're currently with, it does open the door. So potentially, um, that presents an opportunity for them because we've seen people like Macquarie uh, and others say we've had some good market share growth we're just going to be a little bit less aggressive going forward and this is their opportunity yeah. to sweep well they're they're often referred to as sort of a mini Macquarie bank aren't they they they're in the deal business yeah. they they had a really big high net worth um, China sort of division bring Chinese money into Australia yeah uh, they do a lot of mergers and acquisitions and funding that. And that's the section that's slowing, the yep. M&A slowed. So you'd argue that's not in the share price. Yep. Um, so there's upside if, if M&A comes back on, which eventually it will. Uh, but their funds major business, which is recurring revenue, now 8.4 billion fund. They're actually, their last update, their inflows are greater than analysts expected, and that's fantastic. They're yep. winning. So they're demonstrating winning market share in funds management and mortgages with a potential kicker if M&A activity picks up in the next two years or 10 years, which I think it will. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a genuine uh, good long-term buy. Allowing, I mean, It's an asset management business, so it will move up mm. and down with the share market because that's what asset managers do. Yeah. Uh, but it, they call themselves an alternative asset managers, you know, just buying an index fund that's um, really going to move up and down with the market. So I actually like it on a long-term view. Um, so yes, I agree. I'd call it a buy, mm. a good bottom draw stop. Um, so their managing director was the president of the Sydney Swans and their chairman, which I didn't want to mention, uh, to Philip is Jeff Brown from uh, President Collingwood. Oh, it's a strong boy. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mark Morland doesn't give a toss about any of those folks, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. Uh, I'm learning. I'm learning. Okay. Um, just that funny when you mentioned uh, like a mini Macquarie. Yeah, yeah. I remember back in 2008 when uh, we had the crash, Babcock and Brown was touted yes. as being just like a mini Macquarie as it went all the way down and people were buying it yeah. on all the Except recommendations to went to zero. And Macquarie ended and up it wasn't like a, And it wasn't like a little Macquarie. No, no, Macquarie ended up buying some of their funds, yeah, that, yeah, their infrastructure yeah, I didn't funds. know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm no, that doesn't, oh, does, that in, doesn't reflect on these one. guys. <laughs> and, I, and I think, you, right, Molus was always perceived to be smart operators and yes. so on. And um, uh, I think that's all true. No, it looks all right. It passes all our filters except return on capital, which is 4.8% um, because they've got a high debt level. But then, um, which I don't, I, I don't know the business in detail to understand what the debt's for. Yeah, because uh, normally if you're um, um, if you're an advisory business or even a fund manager, you, you re don't need debt. 
Yeah. Do you know what it's book. for? It'd be back in the loan book, I would imagine. Would it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they're actually carrying loans on the balance sheet. Okay, perhaps, or they're, if they're financier, they okay. borrow. Right. Yeah. Um, we're showing it returning 14.5% on our mm. default metrics per year over the next five years, and it's in the green of its PE at the moment at about 18. So that's in the bottom quartile of its PE range. So right. I'd have to say um, that it's, it's, a, it's a buy. Right. It passes all our filters. We've never looked at it, so it's yep. not. Okay, it's in the uh, in the investment committee's um, portfolio at okay. the moment. Has been for a couple of months as well. And I think the idea of taking a five year view, I think you said, was yes. that right? yeah, that's the right way to look at it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Our next stock, uh, Mark Abbey wants a view on Yan Coal, the um, the big coking coal producer here in Australia. Um, mines predominantly in Queensland in the Bowen Basin. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Uh, it's, I think, um, coal. Coal. There's been a lot of money made in coal over yep. the last couple of years, and because I think the green uh, revolution and so on, and the, all, all the rhetoric about coal was going to be history, and basically you will lose your money if you own a coal stock. Mm. Obviously, it was ridiculous because the coal will still be, be will still be provided. In, I bet you in 50 years, yeah. <laughs> but at least 20. But there's not, no, in no supply coming on. No, that's right. So what it has done is it's reduced new new supplies coming on mm. because it's very difficult to finance it and get environmental approvals and stuff. That's very good for the existing. Coal producers. Yep. So there's um, Yankol um, is uh, making a, is printing money as well. So to me, that's this would be like a better speculative buy than say we one we talked about before, right. Fennec, you know, yep. in iron ore because coal yep. is you know the it's like it's obviously the price has come off on what it was, uh, but it's, they're still very very profitable. So there's a very 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 large margin in there. Um, and uh, they're paying out 42%, 29% yield, according to my, uh, what it says on my screen. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty amazing. Which are a lot of the coal, you know, New Hope, Whitehaven, all been doing that as well, haven't they? That that's right, massive, that's massive right. So, payout. yeah, so the market is, has marked them all down. So PE yeah. at the moment is, um, uh, where's PE? Market PE, 1.7. Right, okay. Yeah, you know, on the earnings. Yeah. So that's, that means, what that means, if anyone's not sure, <laughs> Is yeah. the earnings um, in 1.7 years are the same as what you pay for the share price? Right. So there's okay. a, there's a that's an enormous margin of safety, isn't it? Yeah. For yeah, a so business that's not going away in in the next couple of years. So coal prices come down a bit as mm. well, like the iron well, price. Yeah. But but at these sort of levels, like if it was on a P of 10 or 15, then then the issue I think of the uh, commodity pricing is a much bigger deal. Right. When it's when it's already discounted, I think they're all fully discounted. Right. Assuming worst case scenario, whatever that is. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So buy for you. Well, not for Team Invest, but right. but yes. If remember, if people, if um, for, I put on this, I'll, I'll call it a spec buy. Okay. Why, I can't predict the earnings. Why? Yes. All right. So we, we look, we look at five years. And I have to say, am I confident that I, the earnings will be uh, higher than inflation over the next five years? And they probably will. Right. But I don't know. Okay. Philip, I'm going to call it a hold. Um, I. Politically incorrect statement. I like coal stocks. We're not, you know, because they can't produce any more supply demand. You know, yep. um, we're not going. We'd, I'd love to be green tomorrow. We're not going green in my working lifetime. It's just, just not going to happen. Um, so coal, coal's a necessary evil that's here to stay. My issue with them is the thermal coal price have halved, as has the yep, uh, yep. Met coal price. Their cash costs are ninety-four bucks a ton, up from sixty-seven, still below the current stock pot price. So they are profitable. 
but they are Queensland. They've got the Queensland extra royalty tax. Um, yeah. yeah, haven't so they just won a court case against Queensland about extending one of the mines or something? Uh, so they should. Yeah. I mean, but this whole let, let, let's tax our resources. The cost of living is going up as it is. Hey, let's end on tax just yeah. just for yeah. fun, which I think is a bit interesting. Uh, I prefer Whitehaven. Uh, yeah. Similar story. No, New me, South me New, South, New South Wales base. Mm. So far, our government's behaving, you know, more rationally. Similar, similar headwinds, similar tailwinds without the, the government extraditional tax um, yep. by New right. South Wales over by Queensland. Okay. Uh, let them have so the rugby. So is it Yankol thermal or mainly metallurgical coking? Because thermal's used for electricity production, yeah. coking, metallurgical thermal. Or um, uh, for steel works. I, yeah. I thought they were 85% thermal. Okay. Hunter Valley's thermal. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Let's. Uh, our fifth stock is an ETF. Charlie wants a view, Philip, on the Vanek. <coughs> excuse me, Morningstar Wide Moat ETF. So I gather this is an ETF that only invests in stocks that Vanek believe has a lot of protection around them. And and that's the key. It's, uh, it's the name sounds great, sounds yes. interesting, but it's it's the manager of the fund who decides. Which company has the most? When you look at their top top ten holdings, you have companies like um, things that what people have heard of, um, Equifax, um, Medtronics. Um, Ordnate would have to be in it. It's not in there. Well, it's not a top holding. Um, oh. But then you've got um, Domino's Pizza. Oh. So it, it's a matter of opinion. So it, it, that's I mean, an interesting. That's an interesting one. Yeah. So maybe it must be the software uh, that they're in. I think they've got um, some SaaS companies in there as well. Um, e- EcoLab, um, Salesforce. So there's some good companies in the mix. So you're kind of backing them to pick um, to to pick the large company. Having said that, it's a great concept. So, yep. you know, so yeah, I think it's worth considering. I'm going to call it a hold. It's had a good run. Um, it's not a must own, but this is how most people aspire to invest. Pick companies with strong barriers to entry with a large yes. moat that can't be replicated. So what they're doing is fantastic. We can we can pick holes in whether they bought the right stock or not. Yep. But if, if you're a layperson who doesn't have the time to do the research and just wants an ETF who does the job for them, this is a great product. So I'll call it a hold. Not a must own, but an interesting product. Mm. I might change a few things around. It is international, so there's some currency uh, risk as well. Yep. Uh, but seems like a good product to face value, so I'd call it a hold. Yep. Mark? Uh, it doesn't actually come up on my uh, our analysis at all for some reason. I don't know. Oh, okay. But um, obviously, we like moats. Yeah. So the, the concept, but Morningstar's definition of moats is very, very narrow. And I, we don't agree with it. It's not the way we look at them. So we all often find multiple moats with a company of different degrees, whereas Morningstar decided it's either has a moat or it doesn't. Right. So it's like one moat. Right. Now even going to the Domino's argument there, we would cast Domino's as having fairly weak moats. Right. Uh, it does have some. Um, it's yeah. brand, you know, yeah. brand recognition and so on, and, and their geographic coverage for deliveries and so on is a moat because that gives them scale for advertising. So when they're advertising, they can amortize it over more stores. It's, it's, they're, they're, they're moats, but not massive moats mm. compared to say Apple. Which has got massive moats. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah so. the largest company in the world. Yeah. Well, it's not yeah, but the mo- the relationship with the consumers. Yeah. You know the argument of Buffett said at the uh, AGM this year that uh, if you ask people who are Apple uh, committed to the Apple ecosystem like me, yeah. you know, would you give up your second car, um, or, uh, or, or, or would you give up your second car? To keep your iPhone, yeah. or would you give up the iPhone for a second car? And they said that'll that'll keep their iPhone. Yeah, and it's yeah, true. Yeah. 
that's a moat. You know, when so, you have the uh, state of mind that... So uh, you need your iPhone to run the Tesla these days. It doesn't... <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, doesn't. But, uh, but also, yeah. because it hooks into all the other devices that you've got, oh, no, just, no, no, Apple, just changing well, Apple, brand Apple has just the, too hard. Apple's, Apple's moat is the... They have a massive network moat because they've yeah. got... I don't know how many consumers. Is there a billion or something they've got? Yeah. Something like that. There's like a billion customers who are... And of those, it's an incredibly high commitment yeah, uh, like we're an Apple household. My wife would yeah, look yeah. at it. We'd so look at I'm a wait. Samsung phone. My boy, my boy, sons have got a Samsung folding phones, and yeah. I don't want to know about it. Yeah, they go, oh, it's yeah, better. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't don't pollute my brain. I'm not even look at it. Yep. That, that's a moat. <laughs> you do you feel that way about Domino's? <clears throat> no, no, no. Got pizzas from there. You know, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so would you get into this though? No, we don't do ETFs, so, so I can't. Okay, on. all right. Uh, Let's recap the uh, the first five stocks and our stock of the day. Uh, InvoCare, sell, take your money and run right now from uh, both Philip and Mark. Uh, Felix Resources, a no from both. Loomis, a sell from uh, Philip, a no from Mark. MA Financial, a buy from both. Uh, Yan Cole, a hold from Philip in coal stocks, which he does like coal stocks. Whitehaven is his preferred pick in that sector. I agree with that too. Um, Mark agrees with that, <laughs> as Yang Cole is a spec buy. Um, and the uh, Vanek um, Wide Moat ETF hold from Philip, a uh, no from Mark. Here on the call, we've been following our own high conviction fund as picked by the investment committee. The most recent investment committee meeting is up on the platform at the moment at the July meeting. They took the profit on Boss Energy, the uranium uh, producer, but replaced it with Paladin, another uranium producer, but hadn't had the spike up in the share price. Uh, Kelsian is out and they've started to uh, have a nibble in the retailers that have been punished over the last couple of months. They see an upturn coming there and uh, the portfolio is up about 2%. Uh, this half hour, we take a look at uh, Sovereign Cloud, uh, DUG Technology, Ventia Services, Australian Vintage, and Jumpo uh, Interactive. Um, Jason wants a view, Philip, on Sovereign Cloud. Uh, Jason says, I'm considering investing in this company. I've been researching companies dealing in the protection from cybercrime and notice that Next DC owns 20% of Sovereign Cloud. Is this a good thing? What do you think of the stock, Philip? It's interesting because they use all the buzzwords and obviously mm. cybersecurity is an issue yep. at the moment. And my, my cynical view is always, if all these products work, then how do we get many bank and all, all that kind of stuff? So do they work or are they a necessary evil like back to show my age, Y2K, where we all had to spend money on stuff and yep. did it work. Um, interesting register, uh, Next DC, some household name fund managers supported the most recent capital raise where they raised uh, eight and a half mil, mm-hmm. I think at five cents. Uh, the, the warning bell is they just raised eight and a half mil uh, on top of the 35 mil they raised in December 2021. That's 42, 43 mil in capital raised for a 27 mil market cap company. So um, there's been a lot of value destruction along the way. Um, they're in the right space. The share price tells you they're just not delivering. Um, and again, I've seen plenty of these companies. It always takes longer than people think. Um, if you read the press, the presentation they put out in terms of what it is that they actually do. Gee, that's a chart almost exactly like Lumos. You can, <laughs> I can run through your 50 stocks and have the same chart. So yeah. I'm going to be cautious. Um, if it wasn't for 
pretty good register who perhaps know a lot more about the space than me, I would say, again, take your money in the run. Uh, so I'd call it a hold. Right. Just, you know, companies raise over 40 million. Um, it's up 40% this month, though. Had a good kick this month. Take the money and run. Yeah. Oh, you would. <laughs> well, uh, you're calling it a hold or take the money. No, and no, run? I'm call- I'm calling it a hold only because they, okay. they've just done the raise. Um, let's see how that if they can put it to work and how how it plays out. But it's a, it's a it's a weak hold. Okay. The um, it's interesting when you look at it. It's only been listed since um, two nineteen. So yeah. there's, there's only we don't have many years there. Uh, last year they lost fifteen million. So and that was about fifty percent of their equity they had left. So that's right. why they raised eight million. Eight million is not much. When you're yeah. losing 50, when you lost 15 last year. So this is a band-aid. It's not right. like it's a... Now, the only thing I can look at on these charts to say that's of any uh, encouragement is their sales have been increasing. Um, uh, the revenue's been going up since 2019 and flattened off from 21 to 22, and we haven't got the uh, latest right. numbers yet. So at least, at least that was going up. At the same time, earnings were going down as into bigger losses. So as they're scaling, they're losing more and more money. I would argue that they are grossly undercapitalized. I'm showing the market cap at um, 17 million at the moment. So it's it's a peanuts company right. uh, losing. It's a market cap nearly last year. the The idea of having an XDC on the register for 20 percent would have been at the time they listed. I imagine was it? Do we know? I haven't checked. Uh, probably. And that is a good thing because you know it's a major player. But that doesn't mean anything. Don't, you can't read into that because what often right. these companies will do is they'll say, "This is they've got some sort of technology that we find interesting. We'll take a position in it, and then down the road, right. we you know we, we better keep we, we'll be able to get much closer track of what's going on in the business, and maybe we want to try and buy it or something, right. uh, or not. Yeah, you know, so it doesn't yeah, yeah. mean a massive amount, but it's an encouraging. But they're at the table. Well, uh, cloud infrastructure as a service. Uh, as a provider, they're targeting defence and intelligence industries, oh, great. Yeah, critical great. industries. Well, they're not getting much money from all the cyber security, <laughs> all, all the buzzwords. Yeah. Right. yeah, and they've got inf- infrastructure as a service, computers yeah. as a service. They've got, the, they've got it all in there. Yeah. Now, of course, Amazon, everybody do all that as well, by the way. Right. Yeah, so it's not like um, this is unique or yeah, that I know. I don't know what they do that's unique, but they said for security conscious companies. Yeah. Okay. Well, isn't that everybody? <laughs> isn't it? These days, how can you not be security conscious? Right. You'd be, you wouldn't be living up to your fiduciary duties. Yep. yep. If you're a public company and you're not security conscious. So I would give it a miss. Okay. No for you. All right. We're going to stay in the uh, technology space. Uh, Mark, uh, Matt wants a view on DUG technology. Um, it's been, Matt says it's been a while since uh, it came up on the call. They focus on key areas such as minerals and defence. Execution is key, however. <laughs> Over the next decade, you think these guys can smash it. Uh, another software business um, in that uh, green high performance uh, computing. Eric? Green high performance computing. Mm. So we're now going, we're adding another oh, buzzword right. in there. Yeah, okay. All right. It's so, oil and gas. So <laughs> Black. Uh, okay, return on equity last year, negative 72%. So these guys lost 70% of their capital last year okay. you know, on uh, losses. So there's only three years, I don't know how to say, uh, 217 was the first, but there's whether that's, I th- I'm, I'm not sure how many years. It's done well, though, the share price. Well, share price might have done well, but the earnings haven't. Right. So uh, earnings have grown from very big losses in 21 uh, of um, earnings, min- 22 cents a share loss down mm. up to now one cent. So they're actually close to breaking even. Right. But this, but they don't have a PE ratio yet because right. they don't actually make a profit. 
Yep. So uh, it's also the um, lost 12.8 million last year, and sales. Look, sales have gone down. That's the other problem on this. The sales chart's been trending down as their earnings jumped up on that last period. But well, that's he- not encouraging. No, but we're he- heading back to almost the issue price. Well, that's irrelevant to me. I'm, I'm right. looking at it as a business and saying, yep. you know, are they making money? Will they make money? Where does the future hold? What the share price is, is market sentiment and what right. people speculating on it is. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Philip? So it's interesting that the share price chart since floating, they call themselves Doug Technology. It's a mining services company, and right. I'll come to it in a second. But they market themselves as a tech stock, and it is to large extent a tech stock. When it floated, had the tech stock um, multiple. Premium. Tech stocks got sold off. It got sold off, and it's made a good recovery. Most of what it currently does is software diagnostics for um, mining companies in the oil and gas space where they take high-res images, uh, core samples, etc. They can show someone in a, in, sitting in head office what the core actually looks like in high yep. definition and, and process data. So it's a it's software as a service, it's imaging as a service, it's core sample analytics as a service. I'm grossly over-exaggerating, yep. but that's what it does. That is a very, very valuable asset because mining companies are, are still modernizing and they provide a good service. They predominantly service the oil and gas space. Um, oil and gas companies will spend a lot of money on this stuff when the oil and gas price is going up. When it's going down, they will spend less. History tells you that's what happens. The oil price is actually collapsing. Uh, it's spiked and it's come off. So that, for me, that's the major headwind. If you want to look at a predictor of what their companies, will, their clients will do, look at the commodity. The oil price is actually falling. Their companies might actually spend less in drilling and therefore less on these services, grossly overgeneralizing. Stocks had a great run. People obviously expecting a very good um, full-year result. Their, their first half result was actually reasonable to give them credit. So they did... Um, second quarter so sequential second quarter 23 on first quarter 23 so this is what's exciting the market revenue grew 25 percent ebitda grew 53 percent so the suggestion is they've turned mm. the corner and the market loves are turning the corner share prices reacted i would wait to see the full year results to see um how they completed the year right. um and if they give any guidance um for the next um the next 12 months so good business i would say Pause. Um, not a sell. I would say just hold. So hold wait for the result, which is a couple, you know, a few weeks away, to see what they what they did for the year to June, and then we reassess. Okay. All right. Um, our next stock uh, is Ventia Services. Um, Philip talking about infrastructure with DUG, but more uh, tech-based infrastructure. This is uh, Ventia Services. Is more your old-fashioned. Um, uh, service company. Carrie wants to uh, know about that. Philip, Infrastructure Services Australia and New Zealand, 35,000 people and over 400 sites, uh, mainly in the defence, social infrastructure, water, electricity, gas. They do everything from the accommodation that they through to providing contractors maintenance tel- yeah they work yeah. on the telco sector I look very good very well diversified business we like infrastructure uh, infrastructure yeah. maintenance and servicing companies because whatever happens with interest rates to large extent whatever happens mm-hmm. with the economy certain infrastructure spend is essential repairing bridges repairing roads fixing tanks um, yeah. defense that's not a function of what interest rates are doing. Uh, they've uh, had some pretty good contract wins. They've got a, a working hand of $18 billion, as at the last reported end of FY22. So they've got an $18 billion um, book. They suggest their market opportunity um, is about $90 billion in terms of work they can access. And they're about um, you know 7% share at the moment. Um, they can actually 
grow into that. So they're in the right space and they're doing very well and they're quite diversified. The only, however, for me is that share price run. So the good work they're doing is pretty reasonably reflected in their share price. So uh, if you look at analysts' forecasts, it's about fair value. So right. no, no reason to run and hide, uh, but it's now the good work they've done, uh, management in the industry is now in the share price. It's on about, um, I want to say 16, uh, 13 times one year forward PE, you can buy a stock I like SRG at nine times. Right. So there are stocks that are cheaper in the space with similar um, tailwinds that I would switch into. Uh, however, this isn't a sell, this is a hold, um, right. just on a valuation basis, but it's in the right space and doing very okay. well. Mark? Um, it's, it's a bit like a labor hire business, really. You know, when you look at it, big, and it, I'd, I'd argue this is a complex business. You know, a lot of people, and it's HR. That whole HR thing's a nightmare, anyway. Yeah. Four hundred sites, a lot of things you can muck up if you make an error. And there's been plenty of history, by the way, where companies that you know, when they get they have these complex large businesses, when it's all firing, it's great. But they can really they can really um, uh, make a mess of it as well. Look, yeah. it's okay. Financials, apart from debt, is showing a very high level of debt, which I don't understand why they would need a high level of debt. It's, so um, I would, <coughs> for me, it's a I would a zero interest. Does forty two percent return on equity, which is good, and the growth. They, they were in decline up to 21 and it's jumped up since then. So right. it's only been the last two years that its uh, earnings have uh, lifted yep. uh, a lot. Well, have, has it been listed? It's been listed since two, uh, 2018. 2018, yeah. So it's back, back above listing price now. Sales have been going up and the, the, if you actually look at the, as Philip said, that they've got 18 billion in uh, committed work. Last year, their turnover was um, five, I think, 5.2 billion. Right. So that's like three years of uh, forward work, which which is encouraging. Yep. You've got to price these things correctly, though, as well. So there's a, you know, the companies get into trouble. You make a mistake, yep. You yep. Know, and you're doing NBN or something, you know, government type contracts. And uh, give an yep. example. Um, it's a company uh, that we're involved in. Does a steel structural steel not structural uh, decorative steel work for uh, big office towers, things like that. And they were doing railway stations, and during COVID, uh, it was government contract, and the, there was penalties for non-completion on time, and the government charged them all the penalties, even though they couldn't work on the sites. They weren't wow. allowed to work on the sites, and the government charged them all. Right. You know, is that reasonable? Now, so, and they had to pay it, yeah. basically, because it was, in, it, was the, it was the contract. So they, they smashed them. But now they're going to try and make it up coming out of it on yeah. new contracts coming forward. But that won't be easy because you're still tendering. So the government regulated you can't work yep. on and the then, site. And then, made, and then and they then were breached of their contract and they, and they didn't give them any... Um, what a uh, bunch of so-and-sos. New South Wales government. Wow. Yep. Gee, that's well, I'm just saying, that's, that's just that's an example your, that I saw. And I look at that and go, oh, that's just great, isn't it? Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. All right. <laughs> Now you've got that off your chest. Um, <laughs> I'm not political, though. I don't like any of them. <laughs> right, okay. All right, what about the wine industry? Um, uh, at Xtoc, uh, Jordan wants a view, Mark, on Australian vintage. It's the old McGuigan yeah. wine. It was listed, listed as, uh, turned into Australian vintage. Um, didn't ever have China as a big market. It was more the, the UK and the US, but now has Brosser Valley Wine Company and a whole bunch of Tempest 2, I think, is yep. part of its brand as well. Yep. What do you think of Australian? Uh, it's got some good brands on. The, the business is actually um, very cheap relative to its normal PE range. I mean, it's, the PE, it, it ne- it's never had a high, it's never been a high PE stock. So mm. it's currently 4.8. 
on trailing PE, uh, high for them in the red is above 10 and a half. So you're right at the bottom of the green at the moment. So uh, it passes all our filters except for um, uh, return on equity, which is 5.7. We have a minimum of 10. So it doesn't actually pass our frontline filters. So we've never looked at it. But other than that, uh, it looks pretty good. And because it's so cheap relatively, we're showing it returning about 16.5% per year on on a five-year outlook. Uh, on a margin of safety. So that's our, that's our conservative view based on performance, which is, is good. So okay. it's good All right. So, but doesn't pass. Well, it, we wouldn't look at it, but I, I would, from from a from a uh, the calls point of view, I'd say it's a buy because okay. it's it's, uh, it's also paying. Let's see what dividend is the dividend 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 ten point four percent yield. Okay. All right, uh, Philip. No, I think it looks interesting. I think it's a buy. Um, they having a tough year because of um, grape supply, so their volumes are down for this year. And um, also, energy is and hitting them too, particularly in the UK, because um, they have big bottling plant over there, which is um, packaging. It's got only because I, uh, the managing directors, a mate of mine, who keeps talking about. Because um, it was a, a company that was fairly old-fashioned in the way it was run. It was used to be run by winemakers. Now it's being run by marketers. Um, so the winemakers still have a big say in producing the product, but they're building the brands. Your mate's not president of Port Adelaide, is he? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. no. He used to be a sponsor of Port Adelaide when he ran Parmalat, the big. Uh, dairy group. And, and I think that's a good point too, what Crossy just said, that these businesses are complex, complex businesses. Yes. And unless you really understand... And they're an ag business. And if you don't, yeah, well, ag business is hard watch anyway. Yep. You've got, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, because of the weather and all sorts of things. But yeah. also, like energy, yeah, we know is a big problem. And then yeah. depending on where it's a bigger problem in other places, can yeah. really mess with your business. Yeah, yeah. Even Domino's, I mean, they came out with a significant drop in um, uh, profit because they couldn't pass on the inflation increases yeah. on uh, on their input yeah. costs. They tried to, and then what happened was their volumes all went down. Yeah. So they they proved that they couldn't. What pass I it what on. I do love about uh, the wine industry is yeah. that they're vertically integrated. That they actually all along the value chain, yeah. they're part of it. Unlike digging iron ore out of the ground and you just ship it to China, these guys grow the grapes, they bottle it, they get the premium along the way. And they're also evolving, they're moving into non-alcoholic wines. Yes. So they're not just standing still, so they're looking well, at new products. See, that's another... Is that immoral? <laughs> is that immoral? Um, no, no, it's interesting. What are the attendings? Because wine, thing? I think... <laughs> Non-alcoholic wines, not to sound like... You have that with the fake meat that you've... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no one one has got non-alcoholic wine right. Um, Because I think non-alcoholic red wine always takes like Ribena, no matter who produces it. But the new big thing is going to be mid-strength wine. uh, Like the white Because they reckon... Yeah, yeah. Because that's weird. That's weird. Yep. Uh, I think they've got non-alcoholic beer... Uh, pretty good, but just not wine. Mm, yeah. But apparently, if you can get five percent alcohol in wine, yeah. it's very. You can't taste the difference between five and thirteen percent. Huh. Uh, which so it, you know, that's the next big push. You just you know you have more, you just have a more enjoyable night if it's the thirteen percent type. 
Well, no, you can have an enjoyable <laughs> night, Mark. Let's put it this way, with a mid-strength or... No. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's okay. the appreciating value yeah, is a yeah, full yeah. strength. But right apparently there. that for the health car, and of course, carbs are much lower and all that sort of stuff. So that's going to be the next big thing in wine hmm, and Australian vintage are bigger. Okay. And alcohol is generally pretty defensive in a downturn, especially if we all start staying at home or you'll yes, open get up depressed. a bottle of get yeah, depressed yeah. and have a... <laughs> an alcohol-free red wine. Um, so I look, I like it. It is cheap. Um, it, there's no China exposure. It's, you know, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I'd call it a buy. Okay. All right. Our final stock is back to a tech stock, but a tech stock with a difference. Jumbo Interactive. They do the uh, uh, the uh, digital lottery tickets and things like that. Um, TAB is one of their biggest shareholders and biggest customers uh, with all the lotto tickets and everything, uh, Philip. We saw recently with the 100 mil jackpot and something that people people love a lotto ticket. We don't, yep. we don't call it gambling when it's when it's the lotto uh, yep. and gambling is quite defensive. So they operate the, or they sell the Oz lottos and, uh, and Powerball. Um, it is jackpot dependent. So when jackpots are lower, in you know, sales are lower, um, they had a, a difficult year, but Back to moats. If a company's got pricing power, um, that's that's a moat. Their demand's sort of inelastic, and they're putting through five to ten cent per ticket price increases in both Oz Lotto, Lotto and Powerball, which shows they've got material pricing power. And most consumers probably won't even notice if you're using the app. You just you see a yeah. hundred mil jackpot, you just buy it yeah. uh, and, and cross your fingers. Uh, so relatively defensive. Um, if you're worried about uh, the economy, if you're worried about the share market, people still like their. Five okay. to ten dollar flutter on the lotto uh, each week. It is cheaper than um, the lottery corp um, on a multiple basis. So, for me, defensive with a tough, uh, tough current year, but uh, probably a decent FY twenty four coming through off a lower base. So, I would uh, consider it a buy as long as you don't consider it gambling and it meets your ESG criteria, which yep. for a lot of people it won't. Uh, yeah, I would, um, I'd call it a buy because uh, um, lottery corps their biggest sort of client, isn't it? Um, the rub on it is that they don't have much pricing power when your biggest customer's a shareholder and stuff like that. And Jumbo's management are saying, we're more than just online lotteries. Mm. Uh, we're expanding into the into the US where that's a small market, should see us as a tech company. Does that rub? Maybe. Right. Uh, I mean, we, we, how many Australian companies have expanded into the US and in it in tears? I mean, yep. that's, that's the only yep. ca- caveat you'd put on that. Uh, it's actually a, a good business. Um, yep. we, it passes all our, passes all our filters. Um, so it's from a team of S point of view, it's all good. It's on a 26 PE, but that's in the green. So that's, so this is a company that's typically been on a PE up to 40, 45 even. Uh, quite common, but their EPS growth rate uh, for our on our calcs, our stability measures uh, uh, is running at 27% per year over the last six years. So they've had a very, very good EPS growth rate since 2015. Mm. Um, and I buy the argument on pricing power. I think right. they have because at the end of the day, the consumer is buying the dream. You're right. It's not yeah. price sensitive, and it's not like you're saying I'm choosing between this lottery, that yeah. lottery, and that lottery. You're buying the one that you're looking at. So, so have, I, I agree with that. Have you heard of? The accelerated jackpot sequencing. Uh, No, no. Apparently, it is government regulated on how you could your algorithm for jackpots, how it works. And recently, they were given permission by the government to change that sequencing so you could get 
uh, more regular big jackpots because that's where they make all the money to uh, to work in favour. Like a yeah. hundred million dollar Powerball gets way more entries than yeah. a, a and, and the business case Powerball. they would have put up to the government would yeah. be is more if you taxes. agree to this you'll get more money, more taxes. So that's that's how so, this, this is pretty from our team in this point of view. By the way, Jumbo Interactive has been around for quite a few years. It comes up on our screens all the time. Yep. It usually gets voted down. A couple of states have done detailed analysis on it because of ESG. Uh, because, no, not ESG. Well, I hate that word ESG it, because it's gambling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, so I mean, you can say that yeah. it's within ESG, but yeah, ESG yeah. is like so. It's it's more it's more a fact of you know, are you happy owning a stock that is capitalising on people's lack of ability to ever right. get any money unless they win it. Yep. Yeah, which is yeah. you can. So well, we, uh, just to be clear here here on the call, we don't take that into account no. because that's up to you, the viewer. No, we don't either. To put your own filter over it no. because everyone's ESG filter is different. Some people like coal, others don't mind coal. Same with aristocrat, with actually making poker machines. Some don't care and. I like wine and coal, yeah, but yeah. Not anything gambling I don't like. Right, okay. Because I think, so it's, I think it's family rigging. Lottery's not as bad, obviously, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So on this, it's uh, a buy. No, it's it passes buy, yeah. all yep. the filters. Yep. Okay. All right, let's recap the uh, the final five. So interesting discussion, though, on it. Um, uh, Sovereign Cloud, a, um, a no from Mark. Um, Philip has not just a hold, a weak hold. So he's sort of wavering on um, on Sovereign Cloud. DUG Technology, a hold from Philip and no from Mark. Uh, same with Ventia. Uh, Australian Vintage, a yes from both. And Jumpo Interactive, a uh, yes from both. So we came back with a wet sail, didn't we? To, That's surprising. Uh, we got two, 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 two. Two? Well, we got three. Two, we got three, did we? Uh, MA Financial, oh. uh, got three. a buy from oh. both. I don't think uh, I've ever been on the program where we've had three. Three? Three double buys. Don't put us together again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Philip Pepper from Shore and Partners. Good to see you, mate. See Mark you. Morland from Team Investor. Mm-hmm. Likewise. If you've got any stocks you want me to put to our expert panel, uh, put them through to us. Go to osbiz.co forward slash call picks or tweet us using the at Osbiz TV handle. Uh, see you same time for another edition of the call tomorrow. More of Osbiz after this. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.